Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. And the private doctor that I was seeing who first gave me the diagnosis wanted to put me on the most aggressive chemotherapy regimen that there ever existed. And I didn't understand that. And But later on, as I um, found out about the various uh, treatment plans, options, he wanted to put me on the strongest simply because he could refer me to his infusion center right. that he owned and he would be able to uh, partake in the revenue reimbursement um, for putting me through that type of uh, regimen. It's episode 223 of the Simply Human Podcast with your host, Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is Tara Youngblood. She is a fusion scientist who specializes in the science of sleep. She's the co-founder of the Chili Pad, which is a trademark. Uh, it is a secret weapon that past presidents, first ladies, and celebrities use up to their own... Uh, wait, sorry. And celebrities use to up their own sleep game. Oh, my sleep game. There's so many people talking about my sleep game today. Speaking of past presidents, Rick, uh, can you, how, many past president, how, how many of the 45 presidents can you name? I definitely can't name all of them. Uh, I would have to go in order, but I would have to go backwards. Okay. See how far back you can go. 45. Are we really going to do this? Yeah, it won't take long. Okay. okay. Well, yeah, it won't take me long because I'll run out of steam like when we get to like Eisenhower. So... Um and, and and no commentary, please. I'll have to edit it out. Just say the dadgum name and move on. <laughs> we got Trump. Okay, forty. Got Obama. Okay, forty four, forty three. George W. Bush. The W stands for. Uh, I said. I said. No commentary. <laughs> Going to edit Clinton. that out. Clinton. That's forty two, forty one. George H. W. Bush. No comment. Reagan. Hold on. Hold on. That's 40. Yes. He was the president when I was born. Actually, no, no, no. Yeah, he was inaugurated right before I was born, a few weeks before. Uh, Jumakata. 39. Uh, 38. Ford um, Jimmy Carter. Gerald Ford. <laughs> Gerald, Gerald Ford. Ford died today. <laughs> he was eaten by a bear. <laughs> You don't know that, then uh, can't be friends. Oh, it's so funny. So, okay, Harold Ford, thirty-seven. Uh, Nixon, very good, thirty-six. Let's see. Right before him, oh, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson. Very good. I was going to say you drive on the road. I have to. Yeah, I'm having to go. I'm having to go forward and also back. Yeah, it's thirty. Good. Thirty-five is easy. Okay, so uh, yeah, uh, Kennedy. Right, thirty-four. Kennedy. Was Eisenhower very right? good? Thirty-three. Before Eisenhower, I want to say Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Mm. I'm, I'm, Close. I think I'm in order. There's one in between. <laughs> they made a movie about him, and Jim Carrey was in it. Oh, uh, Andy Kaufman, <laughs> Harry Truman. Truman. Isn't that what the Truman Show was about? I, Harry Truman. I get Truman, I get Truman and FDR. Uh, Backwards, yeah. like went first, who went second. Yeah. So Truman, well, I, I remember it because FDR died, and then Truman had to make the decision. Um, oh, that's right. Okay, so that's yeah. a good way to. Yeah. Okay, uh, and then before FDR was Coolidge. Coolidge was thirty. Um, thirty-one. This is this is where I completely. This Wood, is Woodrow I, Wilson was thirty-one. Okay, and then Calvin Coolidge was thirty. 
And Hoover was before Wilson, Herbert Hoover, because Hooverville's right. Am I uh, in the right? Wait a second. Look this up. Hold on. I don't. The least entertaining crosstalk. I, I bet people are into it though. <laughs> no, no, no. I was wrong. I was wrong. No, I said, I said, I said Woodrow Wilson. I was getting the alliteration mixed up. Woodrow Wilson was. 20 was in the late 20s herbert hoover was 31 and then calvin okay, coolidge okay. was 30 yeah. william okay, mckinley yeah, is yeah. 29 Ho- woodrow wilson yeah was i got hoover and, and when i got to coolidge i got hoover and coolidge yeah. back and then after before coolidge i'm completely into the I'm, 20s yeah I'm well 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 out of it i know uh i know them all uh and if you don't believe me you can look at my instagram um bragging montage but it's not, <laughs> I, the thing i've ever heard i need to refresh i know all the presidents in order um rick uh dime algo bueno uh well not sick yet still getting paid <laughs> i said tell me something good tell me something good digame algo bueno digame I, I, Dime is D I M E. No, no, is what I learned. Uh, I'm going with my lessons uh, here. Okay, well, that's uh, yeah. Grammatically speaking, that's correct. Conversationally, that's not what you would say. You'd say diga me. Tell me something. Tell me. Tell give me. give me is dame. Diga diga is well. It, it's kind of hard to like grammatically speaking. You're correct, but like not conversationally. That's not what people would say in a conversation. Hold on, I just made some tea. And it's the worst weird. cross talk. <laughs> okay, I have a story. I have a good story. I have a good story. Spanish. Uh, Mark is talking about tea. I have un te. This is what like quarantine. Uh, <laughs> like I have no adventures to talk about. Right. I do have a kind of a funny story that okay. I did not tell you about because I wanted to save it. So as as we have talked about on the show, uh, my wife and I have a nonprofit. My wife. What? Bor- Borad. My wife. My wife and I have a nonprofit for moms called World's Okayest Mom. It's kind of a Facebook thing. There's more than 50,000 people, now, women, moms now in this group. Mm. Um, I'm going to join. <laughs> um, hey, my odds are good. Do I need to delete that? Uh, man. Five, five, yeah. You don't have to delete that. Oh, gosh, you're such a baby. I know. Okay. So we, uh, this, this is part of the backstory. This is not bragging montage talk that we, the, the, we raise money from all these, from women that donate to us and men donate to us. And then we like put together care packages and send to moms all over the country. Okay. We're like three months behind on giving our care packages out. So we've got a bunch of them. So we had to buy, and like, normally we go to the store and buy like gift cards and buy this and that and all these little things. Well, can't do that. So Jen made quite a sizable Amazon purchase of gift cards, which I guess it was over a threshold that it was like it like it flagged something within the internal Amazon system. Hmm. And I got a phone call from a Seattle, Washington number. Okay. I did not associate it with Amazon. So I just I didn't I was like, well, it's a telemarketer or some credit card thing or something. So I just I just ignored it. Briefly, am I the only person left in America that when my phone rings, even if I don't recognize the an- the number, I answer? Probably. Am I the last person that does that? You're the last person. I think I am. I'm always afraid if it's going to be something like, oh, yes, uh, your uh, second great uncle, eight times removed, was a trillionaire and he died. And <laughs> was the last time we were going to try to call you. 
<laughs> that's what I literally yeah. think about. The number that's I don't funny. recognize. That's and you can always just and if it's someone you don't want to talk to, you just hang up. You just. Oh yeah, yeah. And it, not, it, it always is. Yeah, it's always someone telling me about my car warranty or like some message in Chinese. Right. I'm getting a lot of those. I'm sorry. Continue. Okay. So you get a Seattle number. So and I I get it like you know five or six times the Seattle Washington number and I'm I'm out in the garage with my daughters. Uh, this is like on I don't know Wednesday or something. And this this number rings and I and I like actively decline it and it immediately rings back. I thought of like whenever we like uh, what rapid fired my dad uh, on the prank call. You know, it's like so I was like and my daughters are out there and I was like, OK, I'm answering this and I'm going to mess with this credit card person, whoever this is trying to call me and tell me that I'm I'm going to be sued or something, you know. Okay. So I answer the phone and kind of like a. a this kind of voice. It was kind of a uh, hello, like kind of. I, I will do that. I will do that sometimes okay. too, but I'll do it in Spanish. So I do it in this voice, and the voice. It, listen, you got to believe me on this one. The voice back was a very similar voice. I <laughs> did the voice first, and they did it. Back. I was not mocking the voice, <laughs> right? It wasn't like I said yo, and they were like hello, and then I was like oh hello, like I did the voice, <laughs> and then it just happened to be what this person sounded like. Maybe they were mocking you. I'm hoping that's what it was. That would so, be really funny. Hello? Like, oh, yes, hello. <laughs> uh, is, is Mark Rogers there? Oh. And I and like the girls are sitting there listening to me, and I say, and I'm the guy on speakerphone, you know, and I go, um, Mark Rogers died this morning. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, oh, um, how did this, how did this happen? And as is my, as is my custom, as is my custom. When I do this kind of thing and somebody asks what happened, I say, he was squished. And that's, <laughs> I just leave it at that. He was squished. And the guy, like, you could tell, like, this is not in his his tree of, of possible things that they might say and then you say this, you know? So he was obviously very, and he was like, oh, I'm sorry, this is uh, not a good time. Um, hi. Uh, and I was like, yes, this is a very tragic time and all this stuff. And the girls are dying laughing and all this stuff. And then he was like, well, this is like such and such from Amazon. And I was calling about this gift card order. I guess I'll just go ahead and cancel this order. And I was like, oh, crap. Let's see if we can put him in his casket. Yeah. <laughs> but then I'm like, no, I don't want you to cancel the order. This is a big order. We need all this stuff. Don't cancel the order. So then I was like, and then I was like well, his wife made the order maybe she but it's my name on the account so she can't verify it i have to verify it way to go idiot i know so i was like dang it so i I like broke into normal voice and i was like hey i was like sorry sorry i'm an i'm an idiot yeah i was like i was like could i be completely honest with you here i was like this is this is at this point you have no choice right right Listen, this is a completely failed bit i'm sorry i thought you were telemarketer exactly it's exactly what i said I was like, I've been getting these calls, and I've I've been sick of it. I hadn't, I didn't. If I knew knew it was from Amazon, I obviously would have answered and wouldn't have done that. I'm really, I'm really sorry. I hope, I hope maybe that was a funny thing that happened to you today that you can tell your friends about or something. And he was just like, oh, 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 lots of people, many oh, people. Okay, a complete jackass. Mark <laughs> me, my voice and tone. Right, and then I was like, I wanted to be like, for the record, I spoke first. I was not making fun of your voice, sir. So like he could he could have just gone in and just like deleted my account from Amazon, you know, like or or just like had a fight. Charged me for they've got my credit card information. They could just charge me for, you know, all the things that Jack sends us for our birthday. 
so it so I felt really stupid. Of course, the girls thought that was just the funniest thing ever that I got like not in trouble, but like had to like you know my joke didn't work. You know they and they just they're still talking about it. So that's Way my story. Go. I'm sticking to it. I've got a funny story. Okay, we have uh, six minutes. I just uh, spent the weekend watching watching television. Um, <clears throat> uh, what'd you uh, what'd you watch, Rick? Well, I've moved. This is how this is how sad this has gotten. I have now watched all of the entertaining shows that there are to watch. Uh, I don't know about that. And I am moving into World War II documentaries. <laughs> Would you like to know why I picked specifically World War II documentaries? Uh, is it the Kent Burns ones? Well, uh, Kent Burns. There's, here's the reason. Because there's a billion of them, like 100,000 hours worth of documentaries yeah. and books. So I'm not going to run out. Right. I do, so, I do enjoy I, the World I, I War II. Because, I, can, I can watch it because, you know, when I was in school, I didn't pay any attention right. at all whatsoever to any of it. You know, Hitler's bad guy. Germany was doing some stuff. Uh, right. Nazis. That's, that's, right. I, I, I literally knew no details beyond Hitler bad, uh, everybody else good. We won. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and some key words like Maginot, like I've heard that, but I didn't know what it was. The Maginot line, this gigantic, super fortified defensive perimeter that france set up that germany like blew through in about 10 seconds wait i thought i thought magino was the pizza pl- oh that's magianos okay i'm sorry <clears throat> are you done sorry war, war, war two but that's why i settled on watching world war ii documentaries because i was like well i'm not gonna run out of these it's i guess infinite. I'm able to watch these from now until the day i die it's it, it's pretty interesting world war ii is a pretty little interesting little rabbit hole to go to go down into um have you oh, seen I also knew about Pearl Harbor that that was a thing? Yes, the um, the necklace, the what? The necklace, the type of necklace. No, it's not called a Pearl Harbor. No, I just meant that's a that's a pearl a pearl thing. Stop! <laughs> you have derailed. I didn't mean that to be inappropriate. <laughs> I was just making a... Oh, yeah, yeah. You definitely didn't mean to be inappropriate. I didn't, I didn't even intend that. Should I delete that? I said I hadn't... I didn't even intend that. Quit deleting everything when you make a fool out of yourself. Just leave it on there. <laughs> it's like, and it's episode, and that's going to do it for this edition. <laughs> if I edit out all of me making a fool of myself. Um, have you seen 1917? No, because I'm waiting for it to come to streaming that one in dunkirk uh i i, I streamed it I, are, I, I, now, but... I rented it for like five bucks oh well mr mr five dollar movie rental <sighs> it was it's a pretty good little movie rick you should watch it it's very tense I, that's world war one right i my kids and i watched three movies over the weekend okay i want you to on a from on a from a parent perspective, scale of one to ten, zero, not a great movie to waste their time watching. Ten, they ha- they have to watch it at some point. Okay. Napoleon Dynamite. At some point, yes. So that's a good I mean, one. Are we talking about like age, like at some point in their in their life, yeah. they have to watch it, or yeah. like right now. Yeah, just at some point. This is like a classic that they like us watching airplane or something. I wonder if like that ages well. I wonder if kids think that's funny. Uh, um my older I laughed, one my, I laughed hysterically oh. through the whole thing when I saw it in the movie theater and then the second time I watched it I was like, eh. Yeah. The Bow to Your Sensei scene. One, yeah, it's a good one time viewing. Yeah. Bow to your sensei. 
Brothers. Rex Quando. And then we watched... Uh, I would give it a, a seven. Okay. Then we watched, and I had never seen this one, Indiana Jones and the something, something of the Crystal Skull, that that newer one that came out. Something, something. Oh, okay. The Crystal Skull so, one. With Shia LaBeouf? Yes. I have not seen this. H- hadn't seen it. I have a hot Indiana Jones opinion. Wasn't my favorite. There's only one good Indiana Jones movie, and it's the first one. The Last Crusade's pretty good. With it's Sean, all right. With Sean Connery? It, like, not even remotely close to being as good as the first one. That's the other one we watched was The Last Crusade. Falling off. Oh, my gosh. The the Temple of Doom is terrible. Yeah, Temple of Doom is pretty bad. But we watched Last Crusade. That was the third one we watched. I should watch that one again. Okay. And and so and then we they want, we were, we're going to go back and watch you said three Raider. movies. Ra- that was it. That. Napoleon Dynamite oh. and then the two Indiana Jones movies. And they've seen all the Rockies. I tried to get my kids to watch Rocky One, and they're like, "This is boring. yeah." Rocky One is is really artistic. It's very uh, slow. There's a lot it's of story. Not, I wouldn't even say it's artistic. It's just it's a very like plot driven. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. About a, a bunch of complex stuff that stupid idiot kids don't understand. <laughs> watch Rocky Man. Four for seventy fifth time. Oh, so good. Uh, last weekend, and uh, I gotta say, there's a lot of plot holes in this movie, <laughs> like. Uh, you know, you're talking about like the mid late '80s, height of the Cold War. So they're just gonna let Ivan Drago, a a a a, uh, in, uh, a Russian army uh, veteran, officer, yeah, just <laughs> fly over to the United States and be like, "Yeah, I want a box." Yeah. Okay, we'll just catch the next plane from Moscow to 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 Philadelphia. Yeah, like that. Like, like you can do that. And then uh, Apollo Creed's like, "Oh." Somebody going to fight this Russian? Sure, I'll do it with no training whatsoever, yeah. period. I'm in my swimming pool on Thursday. I'm in the press conference on Friday. They did this fight so quick. How is James Brown able to come up with this like crazy song? Living in America. Uh, the whole nine yards in like three song. days. They have like the big giant, like all the decorations yeah. just sitting in a closet at Caesar's Palace. This, the stage with the hydraulics. Yes, the whole nine yards. Yeah. It, it would have taken months and months. And furthermore, in Rocky Three, the emphasis was Apollo Creed teaching Rocky like you can't underestimate your opponent. You have to train and train hard. And then like the next like, movie, yeah. he's just like, sure, I'll jump out of the swimming pool and fight this giant Russian yeah. machine. Yeah, that didn't make any like, sense. It's, yeah, it's and it's by far the the Rocky movie I've seen the most because I've seen it I've seen it a, 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 seriously at least seventy five times. Most of the time when I was a kid, <laughs> and none of this dawned on me when I was a kid. Right. I just thought it was cool. Well, that's oh. that, that was happening to me during uh, Last Crusade. I was like, "Oh, please!" Yeah. Like, and I never did that when I was a kid. And my 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 ten ten year old is going, "Dad, it's a movie. Like, relax." And you're disbelieved, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it is eight thirty one. Let's uh, let's switch over to the Terra call, and then we'll just come back to this call yeah, at fine. when we're done. Okay. There, there you are, yeah. and we're and we're just gonna do we we do audio only. So if you want to leave your video on, that is fine with us, but you don't have to. No, I just turned it on for a minute in case sometimes people want to have it on the beginning, but that usually works better just sound quality wise. Right, right. Can yeah, you, that's why we can... do it. Yeah, it sounds sounds coming through good. Okay, great. Okay, we were just talking about we've already done your intro. We're recording. We've already done like the the intro and stuff. Um what we were talking about like movies that we've, you know, we've obviously got some some extra time on our hands. Have you watched any movies lately, like older movies that uh you watched when you were a kid and you rewatched recently? 
Oh, I have not. I need to do that. <laughs> I've done that over the over the period of years. Like things will pop up. Like the kids hadn't heard of Back to the Future, so <gasps> you're like, "Oh my god!" Oh. Like that's criminal. But so then we're like have to immediately sit down and yes. watch them. So most of the time for me, it pops up when there's some like. Um, reference to something like that and you're like oh you can't not know what that means you right. have to understand what that means right yeah uh, rick is my co-host rick this is rick. hi Tara. thank you for hello yeah. um yeah back to the future is one that my my one my oldest daughter is is in fifth grade and we, she's like we were just talking about like watching all the rockies and like indiana jones and those movies and back to the future she loved it and we can't watch the second one until my other daughter watches the first one. And so she's like, dad, get, watch that one with hope. So we can watch the second one. Like, uh, it's so good. Good stuff. But anyway, all right, Rick, <laughs> let's guess her birthday. Would you please? Okay, so Tara, this is a thing that we do. It doesn't really make any sense. We can't really remember what, when or why we started doing it, but, uh, Mark and I each get two guesses for your birth month and day. We're not guessing year. Uh, Ooh. And uh, I'm the only, just so I can remind everyone. Okay, you do this every one, week. I'm the only one who's ever done it correctly. Uh, so I am in the lead, uh, one to zero all time. We've been doing this for like four years. Uh, all you can say, don't say if we're close, just say yes or no. I was within a week last week. I guessed within oh, that's, six yeah, days. That is, yeah, I, I guessed it on the, on the number. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, so you, yeah. Okay, okay so I got this. First. So it's not a hint, but I will say that my mother guessed my birth date and she won all of the baby furniture at a Sears oh, Roebuck cool. festival. That so it's awesome. a lucky birthday. So maybe you can guess it. Okay, Mark, go ahead. December 15th. No. Um, March 17th. No. All right. Wait, is that it? Or are we, we doing another one? We're doing another we one. Get two guesses. Two guesses. We okay. can't do it with just one guess. Right. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. Two guesses is so much better odds. Yeah. Not stop. Um, I guessed in October last week and was close. What so the chances are that's not October? I'm gonna go Feb I'm gonna go February twentieth. No. Probably <sighs> just when you said February twentieth, I went, hmm. Like that was oh, Ooh, nice. Yeah. Like there's any <laughs> um April twentieth. No, but that's my son's birthday, so that oh. has to count for something. Okay, well, I am now in the lead of one point five. No, <laughs> that no, that doesn't count. Okay, what when is your birthday, Tara? My birthday is Halloween. <gasps> Dang it. October. Dang it. I know. I thought you were gonna go October there for a minute, but that's what we should just do holidays. Just <laughs> only guess holidays. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So Tara, we are excited to have you on. Um, anytime we can have a fusion scientist on the show, that's exciting. So will you just kind of give, we already sort of said what you, what you do uh, and that you talked about the chili pad a little bit, but sort of in your own words, like tell us your story. Oh, okay. So um, I, for those of you that want to have a more in-depth version, I did just do a TEDx talk in December. Oh, so cool. you can get all the juicy details in there probably. But um, fusion scientist is, is someone that uh, is the option opposite of sort of the nuclear physics of today where you fission, where you pull things apart. Fusion is what the sun does and it puts it together. So it's really all about energy. Unfortunately, 
fusion science isn't really big in the US, so I had to go to sleep and check out sleep energy instead. The long and short of it is I've never been a very good sleeper. And so I desperately wanted to find a solution for why I couldn't sleep and, and how to hack this whole sleep thing. And Todd and I had, um, Todd, husband and business partner. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, who's um, Todd? Who's Todd? Yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> we met on the first day of college and kind of been stuck together ever since. Um, he was going to be an engineer at first, but he only lasted three days. Uh, <laughs> went uh, into what, business. What, did, oh, I was going to ask if he switched to the caboose. I mean, if he was going to be an engineer and if he decided to other end. no it probably would have been a good choice as well anything that meant he didn't have to go to a class for as long <laughs> and study as hard i think he was he was up for that um but uh we invented the chili pad we've actually brought over 100 different products to market more than that i don't know what the running count is um so we're kind of serial entrepreneurs um but his uncle invented the waterbed and so oh what it, <laughs> i know crazy charles p hall you can you can Google him. He's quite a trip. I will. Hold um, on. This is great. I already found your TEDx talk and I already put the link in the show notes. So what did you say? Charles what? Charles P. Hall. Uh, he invented it as part of his master's thesis in University of San Francisco in the, <laughs> the height the, of the hippie era. We'll just leave it The first thing that. That, that pops up is the waterbed's inventor is still groovy after all these years. <laughs> he would absolutely <laughs> say he's still groovy. Yes, oh, he is absolutely awesome. all about that. It started with Jell-O. Um, sort of all the inventor stories you can come up with, yeah. but um, he was just so trying to sleep on a mattress made out of Jello, and it just wasn't working. And then he was like, "Wait a second. Well, it was a chair. It was a chair, and it was really messy, as you can imagine the the nastiness of a Jello chair going bad." Oh right, that really <laughs> this is fascinating. Bad. And then the rest of the time, they just talked about waterbeds and Jello. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because yes, you can spend a lot of time. Right. In fact, you can do a whole loop and people describe fusion as holding jello with elastic bands. So huh. you can kind of do a whole trippy little loop there. Jello but, talk. Um, <laughs> we can just turn it into talk about jello. Yeah. Um, so years later, lots of years later, Todd and I um, see select comfort and personalized comfort microclimate seats and we both sleep at different temperatures so we thought it would be a good idea to put dual temperature control in a bed so that's where the birth of the chili pad came from yeah and then of course i had to figure out because it was working kind of amazingly for a lot of people and still hadn't fixed my sleep so i had to figure out all the other parts of the recipe so that's where i've kind of gotten to today so all right give us now the four pillars of the semi-human lifestyle eat sleep move and manage stress slash enjoy life in ways humans were designed what is in a in kind of a cliff's notes version what is sleep like you know my listeners hear us talk about it but let's i want to hear it from your words like you know is you know, what what is sleep i'm gonna give it i'm gonna just let it go from there so i feel like the best describing thing for sleep is um, to compare ourselves to a computer or a phone or a piece of electronics that's gone wonky and isn't doing what you want it to do. It gets overstressed out. You have to turn it off and reset it and restart and uh, give it a fresh start so that it can work again. And I feel like sleep is that for humans. It's where we recover. It's where we switch out 
our stress and our healthy recovery hormones, growth hormones. We actually, um, shortly after deep sleep, your brain will actually get washed. Your spinal fluid washes the toxins out. They actually attribute that now to when you don't get good deep sleep. That's one of the causes of Alzheimer's is the tau protein builds up because it doesn't get washed away. So sleep is, you know, the number of things that sleep does is, is almost infinite in the places that it touches. It has bi-directional connections with almost everything. Certainly all of your mental illnesses, depression, anxiety are all bi-directional. Um, immunity is bi-directional. So there's so many things that um, sleep touches on, but it's, it's a chance for us to, to restart and refresh and, and get to heal. Right. And, and uh, let's very quickly talk about kind of the, the design of sleep as if, you know, sort of naturally the lights go down very slowly and the colors change and then, right, uh, you, you, it's darkness, right? And now we've got all these artificial lights. Kind of talk about uh, some of the things that you do maybe in your home or, or telling people, okay, implement X into your, into your kind of your night light equation. What do you tell people to do at night? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna back up just a okay, hair cool. on that scenario because um, some really interesting research into what is a sleep switch and what is the trigger. Um, Clifford Sapir out of Harvard was the first person to coin what is called a sleep switch. It's your there are certain neurons in your brain, VLPO neurons that are triggered. Um, they're actually triggered by temperature, those particular ones, but there's other sets that um, will be triggered by light. And different humans are triggered um, by light better than temperature, and some will be triggered by temperature better than others. There's a bunch of hunter-gatherer studies that will attribute very heavily to temperature. Um, Jerry Siegel out of UCLA did one. There's a couple others, but there's a bunch of those that attribute it to that. So the biggest thing... To start with with sleep, though, is is understanding when that trigger is ready to be pulled. So it has to be, your body has to be ready for that switch to, to be able to be right. flipped. And the important thing for that is to talk about something called your circadian rhythm, um, your body clock. Um, it's your chronotype. So we're all a little bit different. And there's a whole spectrum of different times in which people will go to sleep. That's their ideal bedtime. And so part of the magic of falling asleep is knowing a your chronotype which means if you're a morning person that might have been one of the ways you've heard about it or a night person um as a as an evening person you're going to go to bed much later as a morning person obviously you're going to go to bed earlier um that can be as early as like even eight or nine nine or ten and then that window um your body is looking for those cues light temperature they're looking for a change in that so that's where dimming the lights or not having blue light go right to bedtime because there's no change in light. Then we're looking for a change huh. in something. That's what's being registered and, and triggered in your brain. Um, you're looking, your body's looking for the temperature to drop like it would be outside as right. the sun's gone down. Um, and of course our houses are all pretty consistent temperatures day and night, um, even all year round. So what we have to do is we have to remember that our, our body has evolved over time. It's only very recently that we have this whole climate control thing and light control so that we didn't have to go to sleep when it started to get dark and dim and it, and when it was colder during the uh, night than during the day. So it's really important to think about that we want 
to register that change in our body. And if we do it at the right time, that's what cues the release of melatonin. A lot of people will take melatonin, but your body will release it when it's cued to do that. And it is those neurons being triggered that will do that. That's what I was going to ask you because um, I I feel like I read this somewhere, but it would be good to have it verified. Like sometimes I will tell people, <laughs> I'll say, no, like I'm not really sure about this, but my, the way I understand it is if you just take a bunch of melatonin, like some pills, but your your body's not ready to uptake the melatonin, it's, you're, it's doing nothing. Is that correct? Yeah. So, it, you know, it's, it, it is a lot about the timing of that melatonin. Um, you know, there's different doses as well. And, and you know, I don't know, there isn't great research on a long-term thing. A lot of parents give them to kids, um, those melatonin gummies, but, you know, you're replacing a hormone and it's relatively harmless from what they can tell, but studies don't go on for 20 years on those things. And, right. uh, you know, anytime you're replacing a hormone, um, I feel like there's some risk. Um, and so the bias is if you can just change your temperature, be take a long walk before you go to bed or take a warm bath or a shower. Um, I curl up under my weighted blanket cause it's warm cause I want to warm up to sleep. Um, Todd likes to be cold to sleep, hence our different temperatures. Um, so it doesn't matter what that is, but you're, you really need to trigger it with a change or you need to, if your light is more sensitive to you, then you want to start dimming those lights, um, put on blue light glasses in the evening, try to dim your lights. You don't need to have as many lights on as we do. It doesn't need to be blaring daylight at right. nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. It can be a little more dim than it was during the day. And, and that'll also help cue your body. Um, Talk about weighted blankets. My daughters both have weighted blankets. Uh, it seems to help. Uh, there's good There's good uh, science behind that. Or part of that is like, who cares what the science is? If you sleep better with it, then use it. I am all about that. If, you know, there's so much science out there that needs to say, seems to say that you need to sleep a particular way. And we're all different just like everything else about us that our hair color isn't all the same our eyes aren't all the same our bodies aren't all the same right. we're not going to all sleep the same so there is a big part of whatever help helps you sleep works but there is really good science behind weighted blankets and um getting ready for sleep and when you are under a weighted blanket the deep pressure can help release serotonin which again is one of those hormones that you want to have some when you go to sleep because it um helps you fall asleep and helps with the regulation of that sleep wake um right. cycle so it's really really healthy thing to do um especially if you feel anxious or stressed as you're going to go to sleep um or if you have any sort of history of depression or anxiety um, weighted blankets can be really awesome that way. Yeah. Now I don't want to put you on the spot here. I don't know what your, uh, uh, kind of being just being cold in general, I don't know, is maybe out of your area of expertise, but I feel like, like you, because you mentioned it's just until recently we've had this climate control, uh, option. And I feel like with little kids, little kids, like, you know, cause I have three children and when they're, when they're really little and like the water's like really cold, like, like to go swimming, for instance, the water's freezing. They just jump right in and they don't even, it, it's like, it's like we get trained to not ever be exposed to like cold water, cold temperature. But like, that, is that something that's kind of like huh, driven into us where we're supposed to be exposed to like colder temperatures sometimes? Actually, I, don't, I think it's most to do with the fact that we think we want to be comfortable all the time. Right. And there's a lot of this research, even for kids, you know, we, we pad playgrounds to the point now where no one will ever break their arm. And right. there's a lot of research that's starting to show that 
that may not be the best. Not that we want kids getting hurt, hurt, but a little bit of getting hurt, scraping your knee is actually healthy for you. So um, putting padding around them, making everything comfortable. I mean, that's, that's part of why we don't want the change in the evening. If it starts to cool down, we're supposed to put on a sweater like we would be outside, you know? So we, we feel like we want to be comfortable all the time, but actually our homeostasis isn't driven by comfort. It's driven by maintaining, you know, that homeostasis in, in the change and understanding how to regulate based on change. Yeah, so homeostasis so when, doesn't exist without variation. Like you've got to have the variation uh, for homeostasis to like it like kick in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My my six year old son is learning how to ride without a, a, a training wheels. Like the, 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 this week, you know. And so this is the perfect. Like we could have a whole discussion on like why sometimes being uncomfortable and sometimes pain is is good. And he's like, "What if I fall?" And I'm like, "If you fall, it's okay." You know that I'm also trying to. Let go of the dadgum bike, you know, like if he, if he falls, it's going to be okay. Like it's a good, you know, but I want to like, there's that balance between, I don't want him to get hurt, you know, but he needs to get hurt. Like, <laughs> like every time you fall, every time you get hurt, you're learning something that's information, you know? So, uh, that balance that you've got to, uh, keep when you're a parent, but. Yes, it's fair. It's very hard. The, the, it only gets worse. I have teenagers. <laughs> right. Oh, God. <laughs> the tough love there is much harder. Oh, I'm not looking forward to that. Um, you mentioned... I think that's why you get there slowly. Right. Very, yes. very slowly. The, then, it's then, a design. Right. Yeah. No one yeah. adopts an 18-year-old, right? <laughs> no. You no, could. they wouldn't do that on purpose, I don't think. <laughs> right. Um, you mentioned like some people go to bed early and like being anxious before you go to sleep. I know there's a lot of people that I work with or that have talked to that... Uh, will wake up in the middle of the night and they get really frustrated about that. And then they get so frustrated about it, they can't go back to sleep. Um, I've done a lot of reading uh, on the whole idea of this biphasic sleeping where, you know, back before electric lights, artificial lights, you know, people would go to bed when it got dark and they got tired. They would wake up in the middle of the night and get up and just, they're not flipping lights on and disrupting their sleep cycles. They might, you know, do an hour or two of work, read by candlelight or something and fall back asleep. They're still getting the full amount of sleep that they need, but it was in like two different phases. And so is that, is that something that you uh, have read about or know anything about this whole biphasic sleeping thing? Yes. So first of all, I'll have a different answer for getting up in the middle of the night, but uh, biphasic sleep was uh, really how it was done for a long time. Um, Charles Dickens even has reference to first and second sleep. Um, So there is a a good historical record for that. You know, the the evidence, um, I don't remember the name of the author right now, but uh, Wild at Nights is the name of the book. And, you know, he in there talks about the fact that eight hours was kind of negotiated. So factory workers wouldn't work all the time. They had to have some time for sleep. So they had one eight hour segment and that's where the start of eight hours came from. So there's, you know, a lot of reference that this whole eight hours that we've said, everyone needs to sleep the exact same way for eight hours in order to achieve this optimal hundred percent sleep thing is really a a big myth. And so, you know, I think there's a a bunch of that where if you do it the right way and you're really thinking about it and you're getting enough rest, however you sleep is the right way. So Todd is, is definitely a night owl. Um, It works out really well because we have an office in China. And so he's up and able to work when they're getting open. So it works out beautifully, but he's, you know, just doesn't sleep as long at night, but he's a great napper. He can nap like in a heartbeat and he can have a power nap 
Um, I'm much more of a morning person and that is terrible for me. I don't, I can't do naps very well. So it's, it's, it's not to say naps are bad. It just means it doesn't, it doesn't work as well for me, but it works great for him. And I think that's, that's the tricky part about biphasic sleep is if you're going to start down that path, do it, but do it like a, a scientist would and sort of experiment to see what works the best right. for your body, have a sense of when what's happening in your circadian rhythm and, and what your chronotype is. So you have a sense on when there is two dips during the day where you can possibly hit deep sleep a little easier. Mm -hmm. um, one's uh, in the middle of the night and the other one's right after lunch. So some people will split it up that way and they're still able to get their deep sleep. You know, the biggest factor is having that balance between deep sleep and run sleep. And that kind of begins to be back around to that three o'clock wake up. So one of the reasons why people wake up in the middle of the night really has to do a lot with that temperature because right around three o'clock at night, somewhere between two and four for most people, it, your body wants to be at its coldest spot. So you're dropping two degrees in core body temperature wow. during that time to get to there. And at that point, you're mostly when people are waking up, they're actually hot. So your body yes. actually doesn't want to wake up then if you're in real sleep. But if you're too hot, you'll wake up. And that doesn't mean you're hot like you're dripping in sweat, like night sweats, which does still happen to people. But um, it, even if you're just more too warm, you will wake up because it'll um, you're not in deep sleep. I think everybody's um, and, probably uh, you know been awakened in the middle of the night and just been like, oh, and like taking off the sweater that they had on or like taking off their socks and like, oh, I'm so hot. Like, I think, yeah, I think that's probably a universal thing. <laughs> Yeah. And, and honestly, that was what I was doing wrong um, for a long time because I like to go to sleep really warm. And so I would curl up because I just feel cold when I'm about to go to sleep and um, yet wake up in the middle of the night hot. So, um, you know, that's one of the things I had to figure out was was that balance. But you really do want to be as cold as possible. And, and beds these days have got foam in them, which are reflecting back heat at that point. So we've kind of created this right. tsunami of heat that is happening at that time, because about four hours into a foam mattress, um, it's absorbed all the heat it can. So it'll start reflecting it back at you. Huh. And you figure blankets and all those sort of things to, you know, especially if there's two humans in the bed, you're both little engines putting off heat. Right. Um, it gets, it gets warm when your body wants to be cold because it's expecting it to be pretty cold outside. Right. Uh, let's talk about dreams. Um, if you are dreaming, is that's a, is, is that an REM sleep phase thing? Is that a good sign? Um, uh, does it matter? It doesn't really matter that much. They actually have found that dreams happen all the time like in deep sleep light sleep and REM sleep really? it does seem like the type of dreams um change throughout like what you're dreaming about what you're trying to solve um it does seem that it's part of almost the memory reconciliation um i have an analogy i've built in my head of you know your memories that you you accumulate during the day kind of all get piled up they actually don't get filed during the day they all get put in your hypothalamus and in this holding pattern and over the period of two weeks they go from short-term memory to long-term memory but your brain has to decide and kind of go through it and if you imagine being at your desk sorting files that have built up over two weeks every time you open a file you're going to have to Reimmerse yourself just a little bit and say, okay, is this something I need to keep or is this something I can throw away? Is this something I need that's going to be valuable huh. to me or can I get what I need to out of it and then it's gone? And so there's sort of a process like that that happens and dreams are kind of part of that process, I believe. It does seem like there's some evidence towards that. The hardest part about dreams, of course, is getting them recorded 
at the time of the event to try to get a glimpse into what they are and what they're doing. And that's kind of been tricky. They've made some headway into that um, as far as being able to sort of visualize what's happening in dreams a little better. Um, there's some really cool technology. I was at a conference at MIT and they were showing off some of that. So I think there will be a future where we can watch video reels of what people are dreaming Man, about. Man, that's, oh well, God, that's, that's like terrible. That's probably five, 10 years out, but that would be kind of neat. I have some of the yeah. craziest dreams uh, you could possibly imagine. And I'll tell people about them and they're like, you're weird. You're weird. Yeah. You're having, and I have really vivid dreams, but also like another weird thing is like, uh, does anybody else have this for like you, you are trying to remember a dream and the harder you try to think about it, the, the, the more it goes away, the more distant it gets in your brain. Yeah. That's crazy. That What's happens. Me? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's there's lots of interesting things that happen. I think um, one of my favorite sort of um, sleep geek uh, factoids is when you first fall asleep, there's something called hypergogic sleep. And Thomas Edison, Vincent van Gogh, um, so many sort of those famous inventor creator types would do this technique. Thomas Edison made it famous by taking naps. And if you Google it, you can pull them up. Um, online, but he's holding two steel balls in his hands and he would have a problem that he wanted to solve. And so he would hold the steel balls and the moment he fell asleep for real. And as you move through sleep, we've all kind of felt it, especially, you know, on a plane where your head nods. So your body starts to relax. And when you've done that, you've moved from hypergogic into a light sleep. And so when the steel balls hit the floor, he would wake up and the process of thinking about a problem, going through hypergogic sleep, and then waking up is pretty amazing because in that state of sleep, um, they've found that the rules that our consciousness holds about what's possible is eliminated. And so if you think about it in terms of science that, you know, kind of like a matrix, if you're a sci-fi geek, um, but in that state where the rules are gone and you could possibly jump from building to building that's what happens in that kind of sleep huh. and you can solve problems that your conscious mind wouldn't let you solve that's crazy yeah i mean that, there's so many different topics here that we could just expand on so we're running we're coming up on time there's a couple things we we want to ask you but first what are like the i don't know do you do you have like a three or four bulleted list of like okay you're having bad sleep i don't have a whole lot of time to work with you do these X number of things and call me in the morning kind of deal. Yeah. Well, first of all, it goes back to that chronotype. Find your chronotype. Know when you should go to sleep. Use our tips of like changing temperature or light to figure out which one of those. Right. Um, but I think the most simplest one is there's something called uh, yoga nirdra, um, or you can just do meditation or mindfulness or gratitude, whatever works best for you. But there is something, you know, with those weighted blankets about clearing your mind and relaxing and, and letting your body do this sleep thing. Yeah. And when you let that conscious mind go and you just let your body do the sleep, it actually does know how to sleep. Right. And we didn't even talk about the coronavirus. Rick, no, Rick but, we, we didn't even talk about it in the intro. I think we're all kind of tired of talking. Yeah. I was just going to say that it may, be, it may be coroned out at this yeah, point. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Where can people find you? Uh, tell people about the Chili Pad, with websites, all that good stuff. 
Yes. So actually I can do a quick coronavirus thing because we are doing a one for one right now. We actually have had over 2000 applicants since we started less than a week ago. Um, but we are, uh, if you buy a dual zone, we are giving one to a healthcare worker and we've already shipped some out. Oh, wow. um, so that's really a fun promotion that we're doing. I don't usually go very promotional, but um, the stories that are coming back um, of just how changing someone's sleep that isn't getting much sleep is sort of crashing in a recovery room at a hospital and just being able to get right. really good sleep. Is and is that really chilitechnology.com? Chilitechnology.com. And um, you can find Uller there. And the Pillow Talk is the blog. You can reach me there. Um, I'm also on Instagram as The Sleep Geek. The Sleep Geek? T H E. The, yeah, The Sleep Geek. Um, with underscore in between the sleep and okay, I'm with you. Okay. And we didn't even talk um, about your presidents, all the presidents and all that. Hmm. We didn't even get into any of that. She, no. She's worked with past presidents. Remember in the intro, Rick? We did a whole presidents yeah. talk. I didn't, we intro. were going like, to like ambush her about it like you and me. Oh, I know. All, all of the MVPs. I could go on and on. Up. Yeah. I will summarize it to say we've had Olympic teams, women, women's Olympic cycling team, other Olympic athletes, um, professional athletes on every pers- – per- the professional sport. Sorry, I'm getting tongue tied too late at night past my bedtime. <laughs> yes. um, and past presidents, uh, royalty, the list of celebrities is enormous. It's kind of fun and geeky in a whole other podcast topic. Probably. Yeah, right, right. Um, okay. And then finally, what is something that you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable? Ooh, I, I have four boys. So oh my gosh. <laughs> It's going to sound really crazy to anyone that doesn't appreciate um, just boy energy, but I love cuddling with all of them. They're 21 <laughs> to 11 and they'll very rarely are they all home. Well, right now they're all home, yeah. um, but they will all climb in bed and it usually lasts for about two minutes and they all start wrestling yeah. and it seemed like that would be the chaos <laughs> part, but that's, that's my favorite thing of like, just, just that raw boy energy in our house is, is my, my favorite thing in the yeah. world. Well, I'm one of three boys. My poor mother. I'm a big fan of the. For sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm deleting that. Because you're one of three boys growing up. You just said it. Okay. Um, awesome. All right. Well, Tara, thank you so much. This is great. We are out of time. Um, I will email. Uh, now I can't even remember whoever it was that set it up for us uh, and uh, get you the show link and all that when it goes up. It'll probably be a week or two before it goes up. But uh, uh, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great stuff. Uh, and, and really happy to have you on. Great. Thank you for having me. Have a good night. All right, you too. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. All right, that was great. It was good. Sleep. Back you know, to the you te- basics. You texted me in the middle of this. You're like, hey, you have any questions? I'm like, uh, no, I'm not busy listening. To what you- <laughs> I'm like taking notes. Yeah, this is good. Um, all right, well, let's wrap the show up uh, because we're at 50 minutes. Uh, I will uh, – the tip of the week is this. Uh, take out a piece of paper and okay. write someone like not a, like a note, not like a birthday card or a thank you note. Write someone a letter. Okay, so I saw the other day on Facebook you said you you someone was commenting on one of your pictures and you're like, hey, I wrote you a letter. I was really bored. Like, what does your letter say? Like, dear Dave, hey, how are you? I am fi- like in the day of like constant uh, instantaneous communication. It's a lot different than like writing letters. Like, what do you write in there? Okay, um, I'm going to 
send you someone who who uh, uh, Simple Humans own Zeb received yes. uh, one such letter. I've written like thirty of them. I'm going to send it to you, and if you want to read it out loud, you may. Yeah, this is it's safe because I'm like I'm writing this down. Like their kids might pick it up, so they're 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 safe. You know what I mean? So I want you to describe this letter that I just sent you. Uh, first of all, it's handwritten. Second of all, it's uh, I believe this is the proper formatting for a letter. You write the date on the top line yes. and then his address underneath there. Yes. Like you your, like your brother Rob is getting one of these letters. I already sent it. Dear sir. Okay. I, okay. Also, you wrote wrote it in cursive, yeah. so I'm not going to be able to read this very well. Okay. Just As you know, I'm a man of honor and principle. Because of that, I've decided to write you a formal letter like something men. like men like me used to write in olden days. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I have COVID. I have on belt buckle shoes and a George Washington wig. You will be sad to hear as you'll be you'll, you'll be sad to learn that sweet aunt Mar- God, this is such a if you sent me a letter like this, this would be such a kick in the ass to read this. <laughs> You'll I did not send you one. Aunt Molly and cousin Buford have come down with a sickness. Dr. Kensington believes it to be COVID, but it's nothing a good bleeding won't fix. As for the conflict with the Jansen gang, it is still unresolved, and I fear it will come down to a shootout. Please stay away when that time comes, since you are such a bad shot with Grandpappy's rifle. I am a total idiot. Very truly yours. Mar- uh, put that last line in there. Very truly yours, yeah, Mark. I'm having a little fun with this. Can't believe you wasted. How much is a stamp these days? Like 39? 40 cents. 40? I've looked up uh, uh, insults that we don't use anymore. That like old, like old fashioned insults. And that's basically what your letter, the letter to Rob is just calling him all these old fashioned names. I'm sure he'll love to read this. I bet he will. He will thank me. Yeah. So that's the, <laughs> that's the tip of the week is write someone a letter. It's fun. People like getting letters. Everyone that has gotten one has like reached out to me like, oh, I got your letter. This is great. I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was watching. This is how, how much television I've watched. I was watching Doc Hollywood. on. <laughs> that's, that's a great movie. I have never seen it. And, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, part where like two hillbillies out there bring a letter from like their their cousin and they don't know how to read. And so he has to read it to them about how like right. the cow got sick. Yeah, and yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> Man, how much things have changed like we don't write letters anymore yeah. just email i'm having a lot of fun writing letters oh i i bet you are yeah and i'm like learning i'm, I'm like freshening up in my cursive cursive is fun <laughs> i would you like to know how long it's been since i wrote in cursive uh like since you learned it in fifth grade i don't have an answer for you it's been <laughs> that long i can't there's no possible way well, It'd be like uh, Billy Madison r- trying to write Rizzuto. <laughs> Those are Z's. <laughs> I curse when I ate all of you. He runs out. I say that all the time when, like, I'll say, like, I hate cursive and I hate all of you, and, like, nobody ever gets it. No, yeah. There are a lot of jokes that I make like that that yeah. uh, people don't get. Because anyway. I work with a lot of people who are either way older or way younger than me. Yeah. All right, Rick. I had to edit out four things on the show as a. That's Don't a, edit out my uh, my political rambling. <laughs> oh, I will. That will be gone. Yeah. No. Anyway, yeah. Don't edit that out. Okay, it's I'll funny. leave it. Okay, I'll leave it in. Okay, thank you. Um, 
Anyway, I believe that's going to do it. We're booked solid. I mean, what else, what the heck else we we got to do? I was just about to say, like, yeah, we're booked solid. What the hell else? Are yeah. <laughs> we're we have. I think our next like it is April sixth, and our next like Monday night off is like the end of May, like Memorial Day, I think. Um, so Memorial Day still exists. Yeah. Well, in someone's <laughs> dreams. Hashtag. What? Fusion scientist dream sleep. I completely forgot about the present. I forgot how we got uh, looped into When you that mentioned in the place. interview at the end, I was like, What are you talking about? You're talking about presents. I'm like, oh, that's right. All these presents do this chili powder yeah. thing. Yeah. Chili, yeah. chili pad. Yeah, a... All right. That is going to do it. Of this? Of this? That is going to do it for this? Yeah. Of For this? That's going to do it for this edition. For this edition of the Sim Human Podcast. And remember, <laughs> he was squished. So until next time, enjoy yourself.